Hello, this is Pam Ghost, and we're live on the air for the first time with Janine Robinson, actress, casting director, and director. And I wanted to thank you for joining us on the Fam Like the Ghost podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. So uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about is that you actually have um, a, a, a independent film festival um, award-winning um, series uh, called I'm, I'm 13 Yo, right? Yeah, I, I don't have a film see? festival, I but I have an award about. from the film festival, yes. Um, yeah, for yes. Best Woman Filmmaker from, from right. Best Woman Filmmaker for my series, I'm 13, yeah. Yes. Okay. And so is that is this Instagram the best way for people to connect with you, or did you have a better link than that? <laughs> no, you got it. Hey, you... You got me way more than what I could probably think of at this point. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that's fine. So um wanted wanted to talk a little bit about that uh winning that award in that series and how how that made you feel. Because you've been involved in the industry. Uh you had been work, working with um shows like My Crazy Act, Cry Wolf, and uh you'd been um in, in theater. Uh, the hip hop wizard of Oz, uh, you, you've been in that. Um, and, uh, so maybe you want to talk about getting into filmmaking and doing your own series, uh, maybe talk. Yeah. About yeah. So, um, I guess the journey was a bit interesting because I was more into theater in terms of writing and acting for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, that was my space. I enjoyed it. And um, while I was living in Washington, D.C., I did a few commercials here and there, but theater really was my lane. And, you know, I did it as a child and I just really enjoyed the live performance and the live stage. Um, but um, coming to Los Angeles, you know, pushing and inspiring to be, you know, a better actress and to do this full time, that was my goal. Um, <clears throat> You know, it's just inundated in LA in terms of actors. The market is saturated, suffice it to say. So um, I I sought to write and create my own works. You know, I'd always been a writer, stage writer. And so, you know, God sent me several people to just kind of encourage me and motivate me and say, hey, you know, all this stuff you're putting on stage, just, you know, put it on film. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm a very meticulous person, so I'm like, eh. it didn't really resonate with me at first because I thought it is just not that easy. Like you don't just you know put things on film. There's a method and a madness and all that. Um, so I had to learn some. I had to learn to write as a screenwriter, you know, not as a theater writer. Um, yeah. and I had to learn some a lot around the set, behind the scenes, and um, ultimately, uh, we came out with I'm 13, yo. So it just blew me away that, you know, that was my first project. It just completely blew my mind that I would win best woman filmmaker for that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, cause you know, it, it really was like the first major production that I put together, you know? So I was overwhelmed was with surprise and joy, very grateful for it, honestly. How much training did you have to do to get to be a filmmaker? Because like you were you were an actor, and then you were doing you know plays, and then you go you know behind the scenes and you're you're directing and you're filmmaking and the camera work. Did you actually get under the wing of anybody else, or did you kind of just have an idea and you just wanted to execute and say, well, I know I don't know what I don't know. I'm just going to try from my perspective. Did you kind of go like an Orson Welles? is a famous <laughs> statement where he said like when he built did um his great film citizen kane he said i didn't know what i couldn't do so i just did whatever i thought i could do i thought my mm -hmm. eyes would if the camera would be like my eyes and he did some really revolutionary things because he didn't know the proper way he didn't go to film school so he just did it the way he felt it should be done so did you right right that kind right. of perspective so uh, in a way, um, 
in a way I did, and I don't want to say it in a way that to make it sound easy, you know, or, you know, like you're going to have that, that Orson Welles luck, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of preparation still that goes into it. So I did not go to film school. Um, you know, probably one of my regrets in life. Um, but I chose to hire people who did had gone to film school. Okay. So you had people with you. Right. So, but to be honest, it's, it's expensive either way. So (laughs) in hindsight, I should have just taken that money and gone to film school, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm a very, um, um, dedicated and disciplined self taught person. If there's something I want to know, I'm going to read research, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I will do the work. And so I definitely did a lot of that. Um, and so, I, I definitely don't want to say in such a way it makes it sound easy because there are a lot of people who do just launch out into the deep and say, hey, I'm going to film something. And then they, you know, I'm just being honest, like they come into yeah. me and they're like, hey, can you attach yourself to this project? Can you act in it? Can you do it? And I'm like, no, because, you know, the production quality is not there. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can't really attach my name to something. And they're like, well, I'm just trying to get it out there quick. And it shows, <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. It's like the preparation. Well, <laughs> right. That's I'm wondering, like the storyboarding or the film angles or the camera angles. I guess, like you said, you brought in people who had that training, and then you know what you want. Like so, visually, right. If you're like you're you're the type of person, like if you're a singer songwriter, we know what we want. If if I don't hire somebody else to do it, and I'm doing mm-hmm. all the production, recording it today, because I know what I want. And right. I can kind of get to where I want to be and I can do the whole thing. Kind of like the right. way, like a prince would do it, but right? he did it right. everything. Right. Like he had the vision. He could bring right. people in, but you still have the overall vision of like, I know it when I see it, I know what I want. And then is that the absolutely, kind of absolutely. kind of owning it? Yeah. And I was explaining to someone else how, you know, you still want to be able to speak the language. And so that's what I had to learn because people even though you have the vision and like, eh, that's not really what I want as a director mm-hmm. and as a leader in general in any industry, you still need to be able to communicate how to get there. Cause sometimes people really, you know, they don't know. And so yeah, I yeah. still, that's why I chose to take two years. I mean, I'm 13 year old could have come out in 2015, you know, or 2016. Um, it didn't come out till, you know, uh, a couple of years later because I still devoted myself to learning the craft and learning, you know, how can I get this director? How can I get this DP or this lighting person or, or the sound person to, to understand what I want? Um, because some of these oh. people are real tech, tech geeks and, you know, like tech wonks. Right. And yeah, to, so, want, to say, to Hey, I want it right. To say, Hey, I want it to be bright means nothing to them but it's like you know i need a 24 lens you know to do this (laughs) let me shoot in you know this this many 24 frames per second because that's what i need for comedy so you still really you know if if it's your money and your time which to me money and time are completely equal um you're going to invest the time and you know, to educate yourself so that you can communicate exactly what you want. And the end result is, you know, what you, what you want, what you envision. That makes sense. Cause you, you want to know like the type of cameras and the angles and the lighting lingo, like, and like I'm a software Talk about actor, so we're full camera. Of that was, that was my first <laughs> test. What kind of camera do you want to shoot with? Because yeah. you know, it, that's got to ma- match your budget. And at first people were like, well, I got this camera. I got that, that camera. And I'm like, and, and they'll tell you, but I have the best. I have the red. Uh, time out to me, a red is for uh, adventure movies and, and drama features. It's not for comedy, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But again, everybody's a different oh, artist. Yeah. So if you're shooting something, you know, so, it, it, you know, it, in some people's minds, it works. It doesn't, it, did, it just didn't work. You know, I knew exactly what kind of camera I wanted to shoot with. It's, it's a whole language and you have to learn it. So I, I took the time to educate myself, even though I didn't go to film school, but it took a few, it took a couple of years. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you had the look. Like, you knew that you didn't need a cinematic film quality camera for doing, like, comedy sitcom exactly. or situational show that like you look at like you know a Seinfeld or something you look at like a classic show with like, you know good times right. or just, are, are they really using like the kind of camera they use in Star Wars like probably not because they don't need no, that, right you know because exactly. that's what trying to do and you know it, it gets so uh, you know you can you really get into the minutia of it all which is probably why i won best woman filmmaker because i'm <laughs> like i get into the the yeah, split hair details yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you um yeah you're you're filming and 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 you want to come out with this you know this amazing product like okay you know you're communicating to the team because I, I pull my creative team together i don't i don't like people to just show up and get ready to work no we need to capture the vision yeah, first, yeah. you know, uh, and everybody to me works together. So you need to talk to them before we show up, you know. Um, but anyway, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So my thing was I want a, a modern family style comedy or, you know, and some of my I love Seinfeld. I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> but some of my writing style is in, in that yeah. vein, you know, or, or blackish even maybe. Um, but. The problem with that is when you're talking to a crew, uh, and, and, and trust me, a lot of people are, are willing to show up and run with it if you're paying them. But uh -huh. the difference <laughs> in those, and, and you're going to know what I'm talking about, the difference is in studio or on location or out. I don't have a sound stage. So oh, I need people yeah. who understand how to show up on location or or show up on a, an, a a set that's out and be able to produce what I want, even though we're not uh, in a soundstage, we're not in studio. And no, so even that, yeah, yeah, like all those comedies that we mentioned, Seinfeld and, you yeah, know, Blackish, all, yeah. all those comedies are in studio. So there's a lot of control <laughs> there, right? In terms of- Oh like my God. The sound and the lighting, you can get very consistent. If you go out, it's like if I'm a musician, right? And I try to record in a hall versus like a studio. Exactly. If I go into like a sound, like an auditorium. Exactly. And then I got to exactly. get the sound guy to exactly. adjust all the preamps and just all the soundboards. Exactly. So that we don't exactly. get echo, we don't get this, we don't get that. And so right. that must be a lot of work from the lighting and the mic. Yeah. Like yeah. because you're dealing with ambient sound or outside sound, right. or white noise coming in or different things. So how do you exactly. handle that? You gotta have a really good sound person. They probably you had to check had they had experience exactly with the type of, um, filming that you wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. So you did the research. You know, I need a sound person that knows this because I'm not in the studio. Exactly. Or I need a exactly. lighting person that understands that because mm -hmm. yeah, the same thing in like music. Like we get into the details of what you're recording and you what to have they worked on. You know, what has your producer and, worked and, on, you know? And when you when you're investing fifty, a hundred thousand dollars in these products, trust me, you do not want to reshoot. So. <laughs> no, no, I'm not studio I'm not there yet. Time. Yeah, studio <laughs> time, studio time, and it's expensive. You know, exactly. if, you get to, if you book time, you're like the way regardless if you're on set or offset, like you're still paying the crew, right? You still gotta mm -hmm. pay people their rate. And you gotta so pay people. Being, yeah, well, that's so it's, where, it's like, best to get it right the like, first time. Were you storyboarding yep. it out, or you're more like, uh, like more free flow? I have a high, like an outline of it, or did you have it really planned, highly planned? It sounds like you, you're very detailed. Yes, so I'm not, I'm not a storyboard artist in terms of having a sketch person, you know, that type of. Um, uh, I, I would love to have that specialty on my set trust me i can see the need for it <laughs> um but um for our budget we didn't we didn't accommodate that but what i did do um some you know my process is a little different but what i did do in terms of my casting i would put um you know, I, I still ask for physical headshots, you know, I mean, it's a little antiquated, but there's a method to my madness because I would just put them all on, you know, my wall and just look at them every day for a few days Somebody and just see like, are, are these the choices? Right. It, it, and it's like storyboarding. Exactly. You know, are these the choices? 
are these the people that right, are going to look like family and have chemistry exactly together? And then I put my locations up, you know, and I just put it on a big wall and just, you know, try to visualize, you know, is this is this going to match? And then once I do my casting, you know, and start, I have to do wardrobe too. Hey, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why I want best film filmmaker, right? I'm wearing all the hats. <laughs> oh, wow. are you, but are you, are you highly involved in the wardrobe? I mean, are you oh, still yes. working with designers or clothing people to like, no, no, I mean, because you'll I, have a certain I, idea of what you wanted to look like. Exactly. I took suggestions, but for the most part, I know what wardrobe should fit what characters, and I need to blend. You know, I need to make sure, you know, everybody can't have on prints and stripes, you know, like there's a whole thing. And and and, and what colors are you wearing? Because what mood are you trying to convey in the scene? Or and and does this fit the whole theme of of the show? You know? So yeah, I'm very, yeah. very involved in you, wardrobe. Very. Do you try to tailor outfits to the characters of the actors, you know, of your of your character or the people playing the roles? Do they have because you know it's like some classic shows like the the outfits are kind of like iconic with the character like they kind of fit the personality mm -hmm. of the character are you into that kind of mapping of how the yes. person should be yes 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 i am and and i mean my you know i don't want to take all the credit i did have a couple of uh wardrobe stylists who assisted me on occasion um that I could call on, but you know, they're again, they're a little bit above my prayer range. <laughs> so <laughs> if it was like really, really big, important days that I really wanted to make sure I, you know, I nailed it, then yeah, I would hire them or call in some favors from friends who I knew were deeply in fashion industry. Um, but for the most part, I did, like you said, the mapping of the wardrobe, yeah, throughout the whole, the, the series, yeah. So the, in terms of the scripting, are you totally writing the script all yourself or you're working with multiple writers? No, I write the script. Now, I'm 13 Yo is uh, based on my real life story. You know, it's not a true story, but it's based on my real life story as a single mom with my son. Uh, and I, he's 20 now, but he was 13 at the time. You know, he was, I, I just remember those days when he turned 13, just asserting his independence. And so I did give him some, uh, writing credit for that because some of those lines truly were the things that he said, you know, especially when the characters say, I'm 13, yo, I'm 13, yo. Like he would walk around the house all day, every day saying that I'm like, oh my God, will you stop? Just make it stop. You know? <laughs> So, so things like that, <laughs> yeah, so things like that actually uh, came from my son. So I gave him a little IMDB credit for that, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, start yeah. him off on their path, right? <laughs> so that's, that's really interesting that, you know, like us, I love to talk to creative people that, that have that kind of level of, um, you know, vision. Because like, if you think about somebody who's like a singer songwriter and they wrote the song, then it feels right. like that's 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 their idea, right? It's not somebody mm -hmm. else. Tim Pan Alley wrote it, and then not that that that's not cool because Frank Sinatra was singing all this stuff. They're like, yeah, that's amazing, but mm -hmm. but there's something about when you have your stamp on it, like you said, it's part of partially part of your life. Like you put yes. your yourself into it, and so that's yes. your vision. It's like a lot of that. So when you do that, did you feel any trepidation about putting like your like uh, any fear about putting parts of your, your, your own, like, I guess the, the vulnerability of doing that, like when you're oh doing my that God. kind of work, were you, were you worried about that? You're scared shitless, man. <laughs> you are scared <laughs> shitless. Um, I, I remember theater. I mean, you know, um, film is a little safer and, you know, you don't get as much anxiety with film, but um, well, you do actually, it's probably the same. Yeah, it's probably so. anyway. <laughs> but I remember just doing theater, and every opening night, you're just sitting there like, "Man, oh God!" When they open these curtains, <laughs> like everything, like everything you dream, you know, all because you know, I tell people I hear voices at night in my head, you know, so it's like they're gonna hear everything you thought, like everything, like and and and. You know, so and, and everybody's open to judgment and opinions and it happens. I mean, so even while, you know, and again, 
uh, I'm 13 years based on, you know, my life as a single mom and, and my son turning 13, I was still very, very nervous. And, um, but I did kind of, you know, it wasn't so narrow in scope. I used to be a teacher. So I kind of knew that age group too and their antics and how they behave. And so um, it was well-informed, you know, but I still mm -hmm. was like, wow, you know, you gotta be very vulnerable as a writer. Yeah. You have to be yeah. very vulnerable as an artist. Right. And so I remember, you know, when we first started, you know, trailing it through film festivals, uh, people, I mean, I had other parents, teacher, you know, cause you think, are people gonna get it? Like, you know, are they gonna get it? Or are they gonna just be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I, it, it just trailed at film festivals, parents, teachers, uh, you know, people who knew other like kids in that preteen, they were like, man, you nailed it. You nailed the character. Like, so they were yeah, really, speak, they found it really refreshing. Yeah. And it crossed, and, and this is what amazed me too, that it crossed so many cultures. Uh, you know that and mm. and so you know even though we weren't talking about like bar mitzvah or the jewish culture or or even you know other cultures who have these right of passage like at that 12 13 year old age like people from so many other cultures were able to resonate from it and that that was really really exciting to see that they got something out of it exactly right because sometimes like i'm a child of the 70s and we grew up with like you know good times and the jeffersons and sanford and sunday was kind of like very niche black kind of th thing. And then we get, you know, Cosby and you get black and you get things that are more relatable outside of the, the mm -hmm. subculture of uh, mm -hmm. what was originally mm -hmm. done in TV. And you're wondering like, well, can you speak to like beyond a black audience? You know, can you actually exactly. speak beyond the, that, that cultural center? And some people right. don't want to give black art a chance because it's right. a niche market I'm not going to get as big an audience. Right. And did you run into people that, that were like, well, this is like a narrow audience and they didn't know if they want to fully like buy in? Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, these are closed-minded people who make those decisions because, you know, you find, you know, as a writer, yeah, you're, you know, and, I, and somebody had to tell me a long time ago, just write, Janine, just write. Don't try to think about the marketing of it, how it'll come out, how, it'll, you know. So you have to be free mm -hmm. as a writer. But at the end of the day, uh, you you really are just telling a human story. It's mm -hmm. just a human story that, that, you know, humanity can share. So it does transcend culture and race and, you know, all, all these limitations that we think, you know, things have to have to put on our mind. But that that's the beauty of a great story. You know, you can watch Reservation Dogs or, you know, you can watch uh, Grey's Anatomy or, you know, any great show, you know, if, if it's beautifully written and the actors are true to their characters, it should transcend time, period, place, race, culture, age, everything. It should. Yeah. Well, that's the magic about creativity. I'm, I'm really, I love original ideas that come from, you know, the original creators, you know, and sometimes you have these things that where it's more, it's not like, like a singer songwriter or the film director or screenplay writer is like, you know, a Tarantino type of thing where you're doing mm -hmm. the whole thing, right? You're coming up as an independent and you, you have a vision and it's right. the same thing in music. Like you have somebody just like a, producer and they produce the same style for 10 other artists mm -hmm. and everybody right. gets that same stamp versus like somebody comes out of left field and it's like you know it is curtis mayfield and he has his right. own thing that's his thing right and that's the style right. is very unique and i was always mm -hmm. drawn to the people who are willing to to kind of push it and have mm -hmm. that vision and uh you know did, when you write do you feel like you're in a flow state I've talked to a lot of authors and creative people that get into this kind of, or do you like to really map it out and chart it out and, and pre-plan it? Or do you allow dialogue to kind of come from like this kind of free flow stream of consciousness? Or do you have a very strong idea what it should be? Um, so it happens always. Um, it, it could be, you know, from the skeleton or the outline to the full development of the story. Or, you know, sometimes I just get scenes and scenarios like your muse is just talking to you, but you don't know where it's going to be. You don't know what 
medium it's going to end up in. Like I have a bunch of stuff that I have no idea. Is it stage? Is it screen? Is it, you know, I, I don't even know anything about, you know, what the title of it will be, you know, or anything, you know, it's just sitting there waiting to, you know, attach itself to something. <laughs> but um, yeah, it happens in yeah. all kinds of ways. I, I remember just, you know, you know, working like your, your boring nine to fives where, you know, you don't belong <laughs> and just sitting there sketching out scenes, scenarios. So I never, when I first started writing, it wasn't to, you know, write a whole thing. I was just imagining, you know, mm -hmm. characters and dialogue. That, that really is how it started. But now, you know, as I researched and read about screenwriting now, you know, sometimes now all I get is like the log line or the title and the essence or, or the theme of mm -hmm. the movie. And then I'll yeah. go back and map out characters and, and, you know, do my character breakdowns and, you know, start to, um, anyway, a lot of stories nowadays, um, you know, in modern filmography are, um, character driven. So yeah. you, it, it's important to take that time to just sit down. So now yeah, I find myself, now that I'm a more developed screenwriter and, and filmmaker, now I find myself saying, hmm, you know, meeting people in an Uber like, hmm, that's an interesting yeah, character. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. you know, you used to that. start with all the plot points, you know, like the events <laughs> and the sequence. But yeah, now it's, it's it, everything, you know, it's like you want that character. I did as a songwriter. I did Uber for like five years, and I kept a journal of all the characters I ran into, and then they kind of yeah. used it for my songwriting to come up with ideas of See? Like, so yeah, because yeah, it's a kind of a way of to trick. You know, it's not a trick, but it's a, it's a way to kind of. Well, the way I look at it is like I never know where something's going to come from. So it's like, exactly. like you can have the thing where you wrote on the napkin, you did the voice memo, exactly. you woke up in a dream. You know, I'm in my exactly. home studio, so I can just jump on my piano two in the morning. Right. I, I had a dream of the chord mm -hmm. progression, and I jump on it and I put it down because I don't know. Yeah. Like one day it's on the grid, one it's, day it's in my head, one time I'm humming it, exactly. in voice, put it into a voicemail. It's like well, however it comes. It's like they say, however it serves the the art, however it comes right. to you, like you're that you're open. I think a lot of creative people. What I found is like we're kind of vessels and we're open to that muse. And we have a, a capability of kind of not discarding it. You know, you don't yeah. discard like, right. yeah. Right. And there's a story about Hendrix with the Isley brothers that one time he was recording mm -hmm. a track with them and he went off and did something. And they say, they asked him like, what are you doing? He said, well, the universe uh -huh. gave me this. I had, I, I had to put it down. And they were like, well, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> but what? he was the kind of guy like, if it's coming to me, it's, it's going yeah. to put it down. And I'm not gonna ignore yeah. it, but it's like that's how it is, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, in the church they say you don't quench the spirit, right? <laughs> so yeah, you have to. You know, yeah, I would encourage everybody it. write it down. People are always telling me, you know, I have an idea about a book. Write it down. Write it. You know, but I can't. But you know what? When yeah. once you start putting two words on a page, because sometimes I, I sit down. I'm like, I'm gonna write at least one page tonight. I'm gonna write at least one page. And, you know, I look up and before I know it, I got 10 pages of, of dialogue written, you know, so you just have to get in the habit. And I'm I'm not an AI. People are, you know, musing about AI. It's great. And all you got to do is tell it. I, I would never dare trust my writing to AI. <laughs> no way. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. That's just too much to me. Not I'm like, no way. I, and, and, and you'll stifle your own spirit. It's like you said, if the universe is trying to pull something out of you. You're, you're not going to get satisfied by using AI. I promise you. <laughs> You've got to get out of your I soul. What, what what I found is there's a lot of people like even in music like sampling is kind of like AI, right? When sampling came along initially, mm -hmm. people would just you know take what worked because it worked. So you could take right. yeah, you take a a Bowie um, song and Queen song and yeah, that's popular. That was the number one. So if I take that same beat and I put something else on it, it's probably guaranteed to hit the top ten. But that's right, not, that's right. not really is that really you? That right, really. exactly. So, exactly. so the whole idea is like if you want to shortcut it and jump, 
by doing something like that. There are people that want to do that. But to mm-hmm. me, it's like an authentic voice that's right. like an honest, authentic, you know, creator that has a vision. I mm-hmm. want to see that vision. I like Rod Serling, you know, like we talked about, you get, the, you know, like the, his vision in science right. fiction. He did all this, Gene Roddenberry that gave us like the Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Lucas, you know, mm-hmm. All these people, they had these visions. And people right. are like, ah, that's weird. Like, but then it became like the standard barrier. Exactly. It. They were pushing exactly. it. And right. like, why not? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I love that you're into music and stuff. So many alliances, you know, artistry wise. Anyway, it's just creativity. But I, I've been getting more and more into music. And I'm like, you know, I really, because I write, I mean, when I was, very young. I, I started out just writing songs and poems. And it wasn't until awesome. I was probably a teenager that I was writing like scripts and dialogue, you know, that type of stuff. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I yeah, it's just, you know, when you're creative. But anyway, it's just really heavy on me. I have a couple of songs I've written, but now I'm like, eh, I'm getting frustrated waiting for people to score. So I'm like, I need to learn how to play the piano. <laughs> you know? You know, you just well, can't yeah. wait for well, you don't even have to play piano. Yeah, you don't even oh, yeah? have to. I mean, for, for the non-musician, there's so many tools, right? They have oh. like devices that are not set up as you know instruments, right? They're not like pianos, they're not guitars, like things okay. like that are typed MPC. They're just like these big things with all these pads, and you can kind okay. of go and just pad out a melody. Right, and use these pads. To oh. It's not like a piano, so you can use the pad to kind of go through a, 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 a like a, a scale, and then once you figure out, oh, oh. this is a, this, you know, this is this note, and then you can use the pads to tap out a, a drum rhythm. You can use oh, the pads wow. to grab a okay. sample. You can grab a, like a drum machine, like an eight hundred eight, which is famous, and then use that to build your beat, and then start putting these things oh. down in these digital audio workstations or standalone systems. And that's where a lot of hip hop, you know, rap, you know, EDM artists—you notice—they're not using um, pianos and things. I mean, I do, yeah, but I also exactly. use these kind of non, non-traditional tools because then you can come oh. up with things very stream of consciousness and then start throwing things together very quickly. And uh, oh, okay. I like doing that better than you know, grabbing some AI thing and then asking it to, oh, find yeah. me something like this with a prompt and give me like this with a prompt. It's like, why don't I just play it? <laughs> right, right, exactly, <laughs> right, right. Okay. That's good to know. Okay, that, yeah, my son is always talking about the 808s and all that. I mean, he, he's yeah. into that music, hip hop yeah, business. <laughs> But, uh, it's just interesting the creative process that, that, that you found yourself driven, you know, to be one of these people that wanted to create something. So maybe you can talk about like you said felt that at what age did you feel like you wanted to write your own material in any form, like poetry or you know, do you remember what age you you were when you yeah. decided to do that? Um, I mean, it was happening very early. I would say, um, I would say by about six years old, uh, I was writing, you know, I I would journal every night. I was religiously journaling in my, um, in my diary and my journal, but yeah, it was happening very, very early for me. So about six years old, I was writing and, um, um, yeah, I just, just kept doing it religiously. Feel, <laughs> some, some people feel like, like when I've run into people, they get, they get these limiting beliefs, right? And they, they feel like, well, I can't do that because I'm not Hemingway. I can't do that because I'm not Paul Lawrence Dunbar. I can't do it. Right. Um, I, so, so like some people, like they don't, they don't feel that they just go right into it. Kind of with that right. child, you know, when you're six, you don't know a limitation. So you'll do it. But that's the way Happens right. Sometimes by the time you get 18, somebody tells you, well, you can't do that. You got to go get a real right. job. Right. You can't do right. art because life, that's not real. So then you start mm-hmm. to push it down. And then mm-hmm. when you find mm-hmm. the creative people, they, they love it so much, they don't stop until right. they, it right. just starts infectious. And then it's the law of attraction. Right. And then people just come to you because you're, you believe what you're doing. Right. And if you believe right. it, then other people start to believe it. Right. 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 <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. I will say, um, I, I will say just, yeah, you, you can't allow yourself or your art to be judged by others necessarily. Um, I mean, there is a certain level of critique, you know, if you, in terms of if you want to be better accepted by the larger body of whatever industry you're in. But um, I started writing at six, you know, writing poems and songs and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I think, you know, as, as you, because, you know, by high school, I was submitting to writing contests. And I was dismayed and uh, really hurt that I wasn't winning any of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Isn't that bad? Like, I was like, I'm not winning. <laughs> yeah. But you kept on going, right? You kept on going. You well, stop, yeah. Right? You know, so, it, you know, it just wasn't, you know, that wasn't my contest. That's all it was. But it didn't mean anything else other than that. It wasn't my contest. And, hmm. uh, you know, you have to just keep going and growing in life. And so um, I, I speak French fluently. And so um, I went uh, in college to um, uh, Martinique and I was taking a class there. Okay. Yeah. And um, th that was my study abroad. I was taking a class there. And so we had to write, you know, like this 10 page paper. By then it was like, you know, everything in French was my major. So I had to write everything in French, you know. And, you know, so that adds another, you know, you can't just be a writer. You got to write now in French, all these pages, you know, and express yourself like and, and be, you know, like you like you're native or like believable. Right. It's all got to make sense. You can't say the dog is talking to the class. Right. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so, yeah. So can you imagine now, I'm, you know, I'm in college. So now it's, you know, fast forward all these years later and all these writing contests that I've lost, you know, and these weren't screenwriting contests. They were like essays and stuff, you know, that type of stuff. Anyway, regardless, I was putting myself out there as a writer, but it wasn't until college, like, you know, maybe junior or senior year of college. I'm in Martinique. And here's this class, you know, and, and, and the classes were with other French students, right? And uh, she's reviewing, they're very open there about, you know, critiquing your papers. Those professors don't play, right? <laughs> and, like, and in front of the class, she was like, and Janine's paper, she said, my God was, and that was the first validation of my writing I got. She said it was brilliant. She said it was. Just, it, she said it just blew my mind. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like, whoa! Not only yeah, that, I, I write something feel. now that resonated with somebody, but she's going. You know, I wrote it in a different language, and now she's saying that it was actually brilliant. And you know, I wish. I wish. Uh, you know, I don't know if your audiences speak French, but the expression of that say, I said brilliant, con like. Uh, and so it, it just wow. adds a little bit more. Look, I'm a little bit more brilliant in French yeah, yeah. than English, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's very significant. Because I think that kind of validation is when you're yes. an artist, when you start to get the validation and like why you keep on, you know, not that you, you say, well, I'm going to keep on going regardless. But when people acknowledge right. your work, regardless, like mm -hmm. that is important. Yes. When you're an artist, like, because that's yeah. usually, you know, and it doesn't always have to be, who people think it is like when you get that acknowledgement, you know, that's when you that's get that validation. Know. And and trust yeah. me, my parents, nobody was validating my work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so we didn't have the parents. You, you, you probably know what I'm talking about. We didn't have the parents that the parents are today. Like these parents today are cheerleaders, are coaches. They're your biggest fan. You're, you know, they could be your only fan, and it matters, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nobody cared what I was doing in the country, like writing. They didn't know what the heck I was doing. They didn't care. Like there was no validation anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. So when you finally you know, get it, you're like <laughs> sopping it up like a biscuit. Like, man, I guess somebody sees me. <laughs> so, so when you wanted to get into film and I was, I guess I'm going to ask this kind of questions is, um, were there filmmakers that you were inspired by that you kind of, um, I guess, were used them and not as a template, but it's just like influences. Like, so you have influence. Like, and I, I always talk about why I love Stevie Wonder. 
of Paris Mayfield, mm-hmm. and Miles Davis, Prince, you know, that's, I'm not trying to copy them. I'm inspired by them. I try, mm-hmm. you know, feel what the, you know, that, that vibe of that creativity and trying to get anywhere near it, you know, is what I'm trying to so, do. So, yeah, yeah no, honestly, I had, I had no, um, I had no, no icons, no, you know, idols in this industry. <laughs> and, you know, that's not to say there wasn't work that I like. I love work. This is the reason why I had no idols or people to look up to in this industry. I never thought I was a filmmaker. Oh, I never think of that way. Exactly. I was not, it was not even on my radar. Okay. I was, a, I'm a writer. Yes. And I'm an actress, but it wasn't until but but you know the, the other part of that, I'm a spiritualist, right? So I'm sitting in a restaurant, and literally God sent an angel, this guy to me, and said, "You know, you're a writer, and you need to put your stuff on screen. You need to be a screenwriter." And I'm like, "Oh, so that was that's it." <laughs> that so that's kind of how how it happened. Okay, so it was it it completely is one of those things just kind of fell out of the sky, miraculous, you know. And so um, I thought, wow, this guy does not even know my name, much less the fact that I'm a writer. Like, I, and and I wasn't sitting there with a book. I wasn't writing like I was like I literally was having breakfast and he comes and tells me this just out of the blue. And I thought, wow. So oh, at that point, I was like, well, can I get good. your number? You know, because I'm like, how do you get this? And he said, well, you know, um, God deals with me this way. And sometimes, you know, I speak like these prophetic words over people. And I'm like, OK, but really, like <laughs> there must be a way that, you know, and he was like, no. And so I said, OK, well, I tell you what I said, I'm. Since God put it in your heart and mind, then I'm going to draw on that. I have some things I want you to read and you let me know. Now, if you if you can read it and tell me, yes, this is good, then I'll write. I'll go for it. And he said, well, and he was like, "Okay, I'll do that, but I'll do better than that for you. I will score. And this is a Grammy award winning producer. Now he scores for the game. He's won awards anyway. Yeah, exactly. Again, I didn't ask for this, right? God will put you where you need to be, right? <laughs> but um, he said, I will score your film. Oh, wow. Um, he said, I believe that much in the fact that I know God sent me to you to tell you this. I will score it and I won't charge you anything. I mean, you can't pass up a deal like that, right? <laughs> no, I like that kind of synchronicity. How does that happen? But I mean, that's, exactly. that's like when, when you have a kind of free free spirit or willingness to listen to the muse and it's a lot of what i said like when something comes to you yeah do you say no like like i got a podcast because a guy in 2016 said i want to interview you and then i I said well what is what's the podcast and i didn't even know what it was and like people are saying well that's taken away from the band and i said well i'm gonna try (laughs) it why not and then we liked each other so much we started doing a podcast together for six months. Wow. And I wasn't willing to say no. I, I right. Out. Sometimes things just come to you. And exactly. You, you, you kind of have the. You have to say yes. The, the, mm-hmm. You know, willingness to say yes. And like you did. Exactly. That's the kind of thing that happened exactly. to me. You fall yep. into something and you, it wasn't something mm-hmm. I was planning mm-hmm. on doing at all. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that that per- that was Dwayne DeRock, and he scored. So when you listen to the theme song from Thirteen Yo, he scored that song. Yeah, yeah, and and trust me, he's making he's making great money from other people. So he didn't need my little money anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like that shows you, like when you meet people, you know, don't shy away from from that connection. Some people were kind of you know timid about connections and sometimes you have to right. be open uh and that's that's something that's hard for some people some people are like a very hard they don't like to show their work they keep it hidden mm-hmm. they don't they don't mm-hmm. people where they want mm-hmm. to and, and it's like they, they're not really where they need to be because they're kind of putting a ceiling on themselves but it looks like in your case like you you were open to it and yeah. you went with it 
Well, it's back, you know, back to that vulnerability, willing to be vulnerable, you know, but yeah, a lot of people's stuff is just, you know, they talk about their dreams and they, you know, I don't know, they're tossed in their nightstand drawer, but they're doing nothing with them. So I am grateful that I've been able to mobilize and do the things I have done. Um, but you got to put one foot in the front of the other and do it. <laughs> well, it's just, it's just awesome. Like you said, like what happened with the, with, um, the, the recognition for, um, I'm 13, yo, is the, you didn't know if people were gonna feel it, but you put your heart into it. And when you're authentic mm -hmm. and you just do the best job you can, and you're just being true to your own vision. I think that's, that, that's what resonates when people know it's not, it's not fake. It's not canned. It's not cloned. It's not AI. It's not some, right. some of this, right. you know, then they feel that it's, that it's real. I think that's mm -hmm. what people forget today because there's so many tools that can create something right. that's very slick, but it has no heart. If it doesn't have a soul, right. if it doesn't right. have a, a deeper meaning, it's like, yeah, you can get a million mm -hmm. hits, but what does it mean? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mm -hmm. really mean that much. Well, <laughs> right, exactly. And and that was really when he told me you need to put your stuff on screen, that was kind of the dilemma that I was having. Like, well, which one? You know, I've been writing for years. <laughs> So I'm like, which yeah. one do I, you know, That's like, story. you know, <laughs> yeah, God is giving you this opportunity and you're like, well, gosh, but you know, there's this and there's this and there's this. So I think that really was the impetus or, you know, or when I bec started becoming a filmmaker, because that's when I started having to think, you know, what would be the budget for this? How many days can we shoot it in? You know, what's available, what's available on hand. You know, I knew I, my score was already done with. So I, that's, that's an in-kind donation. So I don't need to pay for that. You know, <laughs> you know, what, what can we do yeah, yeah. in what amount of time and for how much and what human resources are at our disposal? You know, what create, what, wh what do we have talent wise? You know, what's at our disposal that would be the, the, the best thing to make right now since this guy is telling me, God told me to tell you to, to put your stuff on film, you know? So, and that's when I grabbed him 13, yo. I said, you know what? I so think, so first, I think that was, that was the first was thing. The first well, idea you know, that came so, yeah. So one of the things, so it was two, two things and I ended up doing both of them actually, but um, I had been doing a series of puppet shows for children called the Buppets. And uh, so we had already staged all the shows. And so I thought, um, so around the same time, and again, sometimes you you don't really have a clear, clear message from God, right? You just kind of go with, okay, we'll try this and this. So, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and so at the time, um, uh, the Huntington Beach uh, Cultural Cinema Festival made an appeal for, um, cultural shorts. And I thought, okay, uh, the Huntington Beach Film Festival, you know, and it was kind of like Black History Month around that time. So I thought, okay, this particular episode of The Buppets would be good for that. And then I'm 13, yo, would be something that Darak can score for me. You know, I didn't want to, I, I, I definitely want to tap into his talent and his, you know, credibility since he's lending it to us, right? So at that point in time, I thought, you know, it probably take 13 days to film. I'm 13, yo. And, you know, and so that was a whole thing of, you know, anyway, pulling together a lot. How do you do casting and all that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then with um, the Buppets, I didn't have as many resources. I didn't have as access to as many resources. I had a friend who had an old camera that they didn't use anymore. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to film. I'm 13 yo with that camera. Absolutely not. I'm definitely going to hire a DP with a great camera. So, but anyway, I did it. The Buffets I did in my living room, it only took one day. And um, to me, it, it was horrible. The raw footage was horrible. Okay. But again, you're telling me to point and shoot. I'm a writer and an actress. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah, I don't know what we're gonna come out with here, <laughs> but we'll see, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We gonna see. <laughs> so, um, 
So anyway, what I what came out of that was not necessarily the greatest. I wasn't really trying to pitch that to be streamed online, but I thought, you know what? I think it's good enough to be in the film festival at least. So the Buffets came out. It was like a four minute piece. You know, and I'm like, I, I just want some exposure, expose, you know, like even if I don't win, because um, my family, we were good friends with a writer from Family Guy. And so, you know, I was asking him too, how do I become a screenwriter, you know? Um, and so he was like, mm -hmm. enter these contests. So, you know, I have to follow that lead. Somebody gives you a lead, tells you what to do, you gotta follow. So I'm like, okay, this is not really right. my proudest work, but he said enter contest. So let me put this out there. And when I tell you, um, I was completely shocked because they had over 4,000 submissions around the world. They only chose 10 and mine was one of the 10. Wow. I was just like, that well, and this, that oh my God, I was, I'm just trying to keep my name out there as a screen. I'm just trying to get people to see my name, you know, it's like, yeah. bam. And then that night, so one of them was my mentor, Lamonia Brown. She was one of the 10 and the other was Kobe Bryant's um, basketball project. He was one of the 10 and me, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sitting there like, okay, how did I land on this planet? This is some real crazy shit. Right. So then, um, they get the, the mayor was there and they said, we, we, um, have four finalists. We want to give awards to tonight. I was one of the four finalists. Can you believe that? With my well, little engine that could have the buffets. <laughs> Well, sometimes like like people don't know how good their work is because like when you come into it at not being a filmmaker and you're trying to break in, you're just trying to get exposure, like you said, and you put that effort out there. You didn't, you know, maybe realize how original or maybe it, 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 it kind of triggered people to say, well, that's really different point of view where that's mm -hmm. a different angle. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, when you're in it as the artist, sometimes you don't appreciate how good your own work is. Like a that's lot of times true. You, don't yeah. know, you know, until you put good it point. out there. And that's why a lot right. of people don't put their work out because they're like, they're thinking, oh, it's not it. And then right. like, you don't right. know it's not it until you put it out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, when I look back on these these accomplishments that I've had in, in the industry, like this is this is Hollywood, like this is major league. Uh, you know, I think back on those little high school contests I entered like that. <laughs> I didn't need to win that. Yeah, you know, whatever. that was nothing. <laughs> was you to keep this was going. the real so, deal yeah, here. Well, you learned a lesson. You didn't. I, I know a lot of guys are musicians. Like we're 18 playing in like, you know, a bar or something. And, you know trying to act like we were 21 and they all stopped because they didn't get big. And then you oh. know, people who kept on doing it because they loved it. Yeah. And yeah. then you get opportunities because you love it. Where other people exactly. kind of want to like, what's well, got to happen when I'm 23 or 24, I drop it. Yeah. And I yeah. a lot of musicians yeah. say, you know, it didn't happen for them. So they just dropped it. And the guitar yeah. is sitting there and they don't, they don't play yeah. it. And I'm like, did yeah. you love it? Or were you trying right. to do something else? Because if you love exactly. it, you should be playing You'll stay with it. Exactly. No matter what. And I tell people that too, when I hire actors, I'm like, look, it doesn't matter if you're making a, a $1 a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars tonight, give your best performance because you just never know where it's going to lead. You know, just give your best performance, you know? Yeah. Put your effort in, you know, every, all work. Like my granddad was a coal miner. He said, all work is noble. You know, when I go yeah. in the coal mine, it's like I did my hundred percent. You know, and mm -hmm. it's like so when you're doing something, you should you should do it at the best of your ability. Why you're doing it, you know? So yeah, yeah. That's the way I kind of look at it, and it's just that kind of mentality. Like if you just put your heart into it, like if you're phoning it in, people mm -hmm. usually know you're phoning it in. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> they can pick it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, give it your best. And that's how I approach things. I, I just want to give things my excellence, my all, my best effort, no matter what, you know. Um, but yeah, it that that's a good word. That's a good word. Your grandfather told you right, as a coal miner. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It just yeah. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> self-reliant, he kind of learned a lot. You know, he yeah. built his own house, was a farmer, could was a mechanic, because he took all those things from that job and took it serious. Learned how to do the plumbing because they had to do plumbing. They learned how to be an electrician because mm -hmm. they had to do that. 
learned how to build mm-hmm. a fixed machines because they had a fixed machine. So he, you know, didn't he finish you know, like high school and he learned all this stuff and he didn't realize what he couldn't do. He just kept on just doing the wall. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that kind well, of mentality is, yeah. is a good mindset to have. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> about people back then, you know, my grandparents were sharecroppers and, you know, and, and when you think about our ancestors and slavery and the things that they've overcome, it's like, Okay, you know what? I shouldn't have any limits on my mind because these people overcame so much to build like great institutions, schools, churches. Um, you know, they built their own houses with their hands. You know, they they built banks, even though you know, and a lot of things that black people built were just demolished, or you know, or you know, Native Americans had were just were just taken from from them by the oppressive culture. But you know, these people still were you know ingenious and and showed this type of uh, ingenuity and you know like I don't have the, those things and I can do so much more you know that just thinking about those things should yeah. inspire us you know to do great things right yeah I mean our culture is very creative we created most of the musical forms you know in terms of acting and you know just the mm-hmm. creative capability of African Americans in this country mm-hmm. if we look at like mm-hmm. from jazz the bebop, rock and roll, blues, mm-hmm. like hip-hop, mm-hmm. rap, mm-hmm. like well, some of the major forms that actually are associated with the United States is all African-Americans. We created them, right. you know, and also within other forms of art, we're like very predominant as like creative forces and not necessarily right. being highly trained coming from special schools. We just did it That's because true. we just felt it. And we, That's and we true. do it. And That's so true. A lot of people, you know, like I don't have to go to Berkeley to do that. I don't have to go to here to do yeah. like you did it because you felt it. You know, Lead Belly right. the blues right. because he felt the blues. Robert Johnson right. he felt the blues. This, this right. it, you know, Mississippi right. Delta blues musician. They mm-hmm. weren't trained, they just felt it. They just right. did exactly, it. exactly. And, and they, they were so great. The way I look at but the I will like, tell- you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I always encourage people, but there there is a whole wave of I don't need to go to college happening right now. Like, I don't need to go to school. And, you know, so I push back against that because it's like just because you're not enrolled in an institution doesn't mean you're not studying. You know, you have to study oh, no, to yeah. excel. Yeah, you should definitely be learning and educating yourself. Um, there's, I, I, I'm, I'm forever a student, so there's always stuff to learn and just learning about any and everything just makes you better. So, yeah. Well, I'm a big, pro- like I learned new tech and I'm, I'm a software designer is my day job. I went to, oh, wow. I went to Bowdoin college in Brunswick, Maine. I'm a big advocate for education, the more Socratic method, holistic thinking, but also a big advocate of, of, of taking people that maybe don't think they can do it. And, yeah. and saying like, yeah, you you can you know you can learn anything. You can learn how mm-hmm. to play any instrument. It's never too late. You could you know feel something and put it down and become a great poet, became a, yeah. a great actor. And it's yeah. just the fear of being on that stage. You got to get beyond it. But that's a you. Like once you get beyond that, then you can actualize to wherever you need to be, and you right. can get exactly. to whatever exactly. you need to be. You should always try to you know make your mind no you never stop learning like everything we exactly. do in, in tech exactly we learn stuff yes. all the time it, it just gets yes. rewritten we, we break the exactly. rules we have to learn the next thing whatever we exactly. knew goes away and then we have to learn the new thing so yeah we're, we're exactly. constantly being re-educated mm-hmm. you know exponentially <laughs> mm-hmm. so absolutely absolutely <laughs> I want to encourage our audience to check out your Instagram as God is boss. Uh, that would mm-hmm. be fully clickable. Uh, so people, when you right now, that's just a, a URL you can look at. And But when we publish on all the major platforms or on every platform you can listen or watch a podcast, you'll be able to click through and go directly to your Instagram. So if anybody wants to connect okay. with you there, they, I'm sure that they would you know, find a way to talk to you through a DM or okay. however you want to. Wonderful, wonderful. I appreciate and, you being and, on and, the show. and watch and watch the show. I'm 13 yo, and, <laughs> and I have a yeah. new show coming out as well. So check it out. Oh, that will that be on the Instagram? You'll be pu- pushing that. 
I will be in in the next two months pushing our oh, our new show. On your yes, I will be promoting that on Instagram, uh, Goddess awesome. Boss, as well as on Facebook, Saponi Star Productions. Okay, great. And I just want to have people reminded um, that we were talking about your other project here. I'm trying to bring it up, and it's uh, okay. Not let me do it. There we go. 13 yo and just yes. to let people know they can go check that out and uh mm -hmm. that's not something that they, they should uh, we've been talking about it a lot on this show so i want to encourage people to check that out and uh you know follow you wherever they can follow you and subscribe wherever they yeah. can and connect with you and uh, again it was great having you on the podcast uh we'll be Thank fully you. published tomorrow and we'll give you a landing okay. page for your audience where they can okay. choose to listen or watch anywhere they like podcast. So thank you okay. again for being on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye.